So far in this podcast series, we've followed the four-year-long process between when Lyric Opera decides on a particular production, as they go about the casting process and how the production makes music both with the chorus and the orchestra, and we've learned how the sets come together. So now at this point, we're about five weeks from opening night, and we've reached the point in the process where we have to schedule things. Lots of things. Ben Bellburn is the manager of the rehearsal department at Lyric Opera of Chicago. We'll get into what that department does as we go through the episode, but like a lot of people featured in this podcast, he didn't exactly follow a linear path to get here. I was a, uh, a college grad with a degree in classical trumpet playing, which is a perfectly reasonable thing to major in. In terms of majors, it's like left-footed kickball in terms of his actual practical application. Mm -hmm. But um, I moved to Chicago and I had a degree in classical trumpet playing. And I quickly realized that I was probably not going to be principal trumpet of the Chicago Symphony. In fact, I knew that even before I moved to Chicago with my degree. Um, and I think like a lot of other people with music degrees, I was looking for ways to remain uh, closely associated with the arts. And mm -hmm. I took an unpaid internship with Lyric Opera of Chicago. I probably shouldn't advertise that it was unpaid because it's probably paid now. Well, I think that, uh, you know, it, at, at the time. The, yeah, this was, was in the 20s. Different, uh, different rules back then. So, yeah. yeah. So I took, uh, I was an intern in the Ryan Opera Center, which is our young artist training program, mostly um, processing auditions and things like that. And uh, eventually I was asked to work in the rehearsal department on a sort of part-time seasonal basis and then as a full-time seasonal basis. And now I manage that department. That's the so, uh, that's the trajectory for me. <laughs> so a, uh, a a rags to riches uh, unpaid internship to to fame story. I think that depends on how you define riches in this instance. <laughs> this is a nonprofit organization. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, I I also for nine years I had held a similar position at the Santa Fe Opera for their summer festival. So during lyric opera season, I would do this gig for nine mm -hmm. months of the year, and then in the summer I would go out to Santa Fe to do essentially the same job for a summer festival season out there. A lot of similarities and a lot of differences too between those positions. Yeah, I, th I think most people would want to do the opposite, like spend the, <laughs> spend the winter in Santa Fe and the, and the summers in Chicago, so. You would not be yeah. the first person to point out that I had it all backwards. <laughs> I'm Keith Conrad and this is Bringing Up the Lights, a podcast where I'll be giving you a look behind the curtain at the people involved in creating some of the biggest stage productions in the U.S. This season, I'm following along with the Lyric Opera of Chicago as they prepare for their production of Verity's Opera Macbeth in September of 2021. The rehearsal department doesn't exactly have a name that fits its duties. Well, it's the, the name of the department is a slight misnomer. I mean, it should be called probably like company management or something like that, but it's called mm -hmm. rehearsal. In the opera world, rehearsal department means scheduling because there's a lot of people to schedule, but also yeah. it's a lot of like customer service for the artists. So people coming in from Bergamo and Russia, then you want to make sure that there's people right there to hold their hand through all the processes of getting visas and social security numbers and booking restaurants and getting babysitters. That's all through the rehearsal. So, so actually, like if you think about it, like a sports team, it's you're, you're sort of the, uh, the assistant traveling secretary like George Costanza was for the Yankees. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, I'd never thought of it in those terms. Um, it's sort of like the frontline admin office 
it's 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 the administrative office that's sort of most closely um, attached to the the room and to the stage in that mm -hmm. regard because also because of our physical proximity the rehearsal department is the first thing inside of the stage door and it steps away from the stage entrance and it steps away from the principal dressing room so we are logically situated to be the first administrators to um, address anything that comes up for backstage needs mm -hmm. and that's that's what the department is for it's we have a very short list of things that we as a department are responsible for just for us and a very, very long list of things that we um, are responsible for as they pertain to other departments. So even for this interview, for example, to do this interview, I had to figure out a time to schedule this interview, for example, yeah. for any of these interviews for that matter. So there's a lot of um, going from one department to the other with anything that is sort of talent facing. Last week, we learned from technical director Michael Smallwood that he's sometimes balancing more than a dozen different productions in different seasons. So how does that compare to Ben's end of the production? My role is really to engage with the season at hand. Um, I'm not currently involved in long-term artistic planning or production planning, but um, basically when we arrive at the season that is upon us, my role is to, for every week and every day, put together a rehearsal schedule that incorporates every last chorister, orchestra member, singer, dancer, juggler, designer, conductor, pianist, diction coach, and the list goes on and on and on, who in some ways are all competing for the same time and the same resources. So um, a lot of that is informed by the rules of our collective bargaining agreements. Those are pretty firm parameters. Um, but a lot of the job is sort of diplomatically saying no, but can we try this instead? And doing so with personality types that um, might not be used to hearing no and might not want to hear no and might have a very specific vision, not only for the product, but how we get to that product. So um, it really is, as oftentimes compare it to like a massive game of Jenga that somehow has more than three dimensions and has people instead of wooden blocks in peril. <laughs> Maybe that's giving myself a little bit too much credit, but the idea is that with scheduling, everything rests on everything else. Mm -hmm. If suddenly a space isn't available and I move a rehearsal to a different space where there's already rehearsal, that means moving the other rehearsal. Moving that rehearsal will have its own domino effect. And so it's really about, um, removing the Jenga blocks very, very delicately and stacking them back on top in such a way that every day of the rehearsal period gets us closer towards the goal of opening the opera. So if Ben's job is like a giant game of Jenga, moving all sorts of pieces around and making sure everyone is where they need to be at any given time, I'm sure COVID had absolutely no impact on his life at all, right? Right now, our department is furiously fighting to get designer John McFarlane into the country. That is, um, that would help. That's a yeah. really important step. Um, our technical rehearsals begin next Monday. And, um, if we have to, uh, zoom him into those rehearsals, we may end up doing that. But right now, um, I have, a, I should shout out my colleague, Kevin Krasinski, who's working his butt off every day to do everything we as a company can to get John McFarlane here, um, for that period. He will get here. He will get here, just a question of when. Um, so that's the first order of business, is preparing for uh, the tech rehearsals in the theater with the director, Sir David McVicker, and his crew to make sure that everything about the set and the lighting 
is all in place. And then we welcome the principal cast in just a couple of weeks. And um, we're gearing up to, to sort of fill in the minutia of what each day might look like. We have a skeleton schedule that lays out when the chorus is going to be called and the chorus rehearsals, or the, sorry, the orchestra rehearsals are already in place. But when we call the child actors, when we call the supers, when we call you name it, it's still uh, TBD. So that's that's a constant refinement um, to bring each day into focus and to figure out what are we going to do for the next day so that we're that much closer to being ready to go. As we've gone through this podcast, we've learned how Lyric Opera decides in a particular production, how they go about the casting process, how productions make music, and in the last episode, we learned how the sets come together. The next step is technical rehearsals. It's really about making sure that the set is uh, fits the stage, looks good, and functions in the way that it needs to. I mean, these sets are massive units, um, and they need to be able to um, move and be reset over the course of you know uh, an intermission. And so, um, it's making sure everything functions and looks good and can be. It's also about lighting. So, um, David Finn, who is the lighting designer for Macbeth, will be around to make sure that the lighting looks good on this set. Once technical rehearsals verify that all the sets work the way they're supposed to and the way everybody wants them to, it's time for the actors to actually get involved. Uh, the start of principal staging rehearsals on Monday, August 16th, um, and that is uh, from the top of the show. Um, again, it's a constant conversation about what we do every day, but those conversations involve obviously Sir David McVicker. It will involve our new music director, Enrique Mazzola, because he will have um, needs for when he rehearses musically. And it will involve conversations with the head of our costume shop and the head of our wig shop. It'll involve conversations with the music staff to make sure that the singers are where they need to be in their own musical preparation. Um, my job is sort of running around like a chicken with my head cut off, making sure that people who have needs for and of the artists um, are getting those needs met, essentially. Everybody wants the artists to, for, for things. Conductors want to rehearse musically. Directors want to stage these artists. Designers want to make sure they look good in their wigs and in their costumes. The music staff want to make sure they know their repertoire intimately and that their language is polished. Um, and, I could, and our PR and marketing team wants them to do interviews. Um, <laughs> our development team would love to have them present for various luncheons and other functions. So every day is putting all of those things together in hopefully an elegant and um, cost-effective manner. So now we're just weeks away from opening night and the big comeback from the COVID shutdown. So what are the potential problems keeping Ben up at night? Time is obviously the name of the game. I mean, there's a huge number of personnel involved in these things and we have... Uh, only a few weeks to put it all together, but somehow we always do. There's a great quote. I think opera is the result of a thousand things failing to go wrong. <laughs> I feel like I, I live that most days. I'm like, wow, all those things went wrong, but not to the extent that we couldn't do the thing that we intended to do. <laughs> 
sort of like uh, John Glenn talking about flying in space. And he was talking about how he was strapped to a missile that had, you know, 200,000 moving parts and they were all built by the lowest bidder. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I won't, I won't try to gauge which was more um, important for the, for the <laughs> Earth, but I'm excited about this new production of Macbeth, that's for sure. When I started this whole process, I was surprised at how long it takes to put a production together. Turns out that process actually has a lot more moving parts than even I imagined. I mean, I think for me personally, the rehearsal that I most look forward to when I sneak into the theater to, to listen is the Zitz Probe, which is the rehearsal where you have the orchestra in the pit and the musicians on stage and they're just singing through the entire piece. And I think that's going to be a really special moment when all the forces are present and making music together. And um, I think there's going to be something pretty moving about that. I'm kind of getting emotional about just imagining what it's like to have all those people back together and, and making music, which is what they're so good at and what we as a company are so, so good at producing. That that rehearsal in particular, for me, um, marks a moment of, um, it's late in the rehearsal process, so we're getting towards final technical rehearsals. Um, and it's a chance for me personally just to sit in the theater and listen to people sing the music. And it's, it's deeply moving in that and you get a little bit of a preview. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, even though it's not one of the rehearsals in in um, in costume or in lights, it's still it's. I think the singers really enjoy it too to just get up on stage, mm -hmm. look look out at the conductor, and uh, and sing through the whole piece. Um, I, I really enjoy that rehearsal too. <laughs> Things are just as complicated in the costume department, and that's where we'll meet Maureen Riley in the next episode. I always try to have the philosophy. Lots of times we have cast changes or time constraints and obstacles that come along. And I always have the philosophy of truly this is make-believe, so there is no right answer. There's the best answer for the situation. And I feel like that helps us in the wardrobe department handle whatever comes our way. We try not to get you know, rattled by things. And our job is to get the costume on the stage. And that's how we look at it. There have been bigger projects that are more involved with the ring cycle, for one. Lots of times when we do a small show with no chorus and it's more in, in intimate, that's more difficult than a large opera when you have 80 choristers in the exact same costume because you have to individualize everything. Elixir this year is like that. Each person and chorister has their own character. So we have to really pay a lot of attention to the details. Bringing Up the Lights is an original series from Sound Concept Media. It's written and narrated by me, Keith Conrad, with original music from John Benedek, along with the Lyric Opera of Chicago's 2010 production of Macbeth. Along the way, I had help from the team at Lyric Opera of Chicago and Elizabeth Newkirk with the Silverman Group. 